Stevens, and I am co-leader of the church with Pastor Glenn Stevens. So for all those that are online, let's just say hello to them and hello to all of you that are here. I hope that you've come to, um, to receive something from the Lord today. I think, you know, I, I struggled a whole lot to put this message together. I think it's just because there was just so much distraction. Um, and I, when I say that distraction is probably the key reasons why we actually push God out, <laughs> I'm telling you, this week and the last several weeks, that's what is just bringing balance and shoving everything out that's crowding my time with God, crowding his voice. And sometimes that just drains us. Amen? So let's Let's just be real with ourselves today, that there are times we just totally forget about where we are and who's above us. And so when we sing songs, you are holy, you know, you are Lord of Lords and King of Kings. You're the living God, my saving grace. You are Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. It should stir something inside of us and maybe even align our thoughts that our life is not that miserable. And sometimes we are so suffering and so going through stressors that we forget. And today is about us coming back to that place of connecting with truth. Last month, we began speaking and breaking down our theme, Unshakable. This year, it's about being unshakable. So how do we become unshakable? So before I start, I'm going to teach you one valuable lesson to keep you unshakable on your journey of faith is prayer. Prayer is a pattern in a place where you say to God, I am dependent on him. So I'm going straight to him this morning, and I'm going to tell him I need him, and I acknowledge my need of him as I prepare to give you this message. So when you bow your heads, maybe you can do the same. God, I acknowledge my need. I acknowledge my dependence on you today. Help me understand. Give me the spirit of understanding and wisdom, not just to hear words today, but let me connect to them. Amen? Can you do that while I pray? Heavenly Father, I thank you so much. I thank you that you are the great I am, mighty God, that you are never, ever the same. You are never changing, that you are an unchanging, everlasting God for us, that you are forever a fortress and a refuge, that we can actually find safety in your presence. God, I thank you for this day. I thank you for the wonderful and beautiful sun, the the crispness of the air. God, it's just so glorious. And I want to thank you for the snow that we've received. I want to thank you for our lives. Thank you for our homes, our families, this church body, our sisters and brothers around the world. I want to thank you for all of that. God, I am your child, totally grateful for what you have done. But I'm asking for something specific today that I will be less and you will be greater this day, that you will come, Holy Spirit, and speak to us in ways that you can only speak. God, I'm asking, Lord, that you will give me grace and the anointing and the power just to preach what you've put on my heart with simplicity, God. Let us help me, Lord, just to bring this word, Lord, just your heart in all of it. Let us remember, Lord, that we are under the banner of love this day, And I pray all of this in Jesus' name. So we have begun our year of unshakable, being unshakable. And January was about unshakable journey. If you have not seen the messages, then you can go back online and see them and find out what we've discovered, what a journey is. Really, journey is a metaphor for life. You know, life just happens, doesn't it? 
You know, we have a whole lot of things. And sometimes when life happens, we forget the steadiness of God. We forget that he is trustworthy, faithful, perfect, merciful, unchanging, never lies, never changes. He is forever, forever consistently consistent. But we forget those things when life happens. And so that's why we've come to remind ourselves today that when we are challenged with pressures, that we need to find out where are we going for our securities. Our catchphrase for this year is, if we find our security in him, in God, then we will not be shaken. But we've come to the conclusion that many of us are shaken by our trials, we are shaken by our circumstances, by what we're going through, by what we're feeling. We're down and out, overwhelmed, and sometimes we even feel that we're conquered. And yet, we know that scripture tells something totally different about us. And so we know that we are human beings who forget many things. I don't know about you, but I do forget as well. Our lives are busy. Our brains run at all full capacity pretty much the whole day. And sometimes it seems like for every fact we remember, there is a hundred that we forget. Without help and discipline, we are capable of forgetting, forgetting even the most important information on a daily basis. Like, Last week, I actually went to the store, the superstore, and when I came in, I forgot where I parked. Oh, so I'm not the only one. Basic. I came out, and I went, hmm, and I waited, and I waited, and I waited, and nothing was happening. I'm going, where did I park my car? And then I remembered the button. <laughs> oh, technology. It's great. So I remember the button. So I remember where I parked. But usually what I do is I go through a ritual when I go to the stores. I, I park in because I usually get caught trying to remember where my car is. And I'm seeing a whole lot of people smiling, especially women, because, uh, you know, we call them menopausal brain at times. So you just forget you forget those things. And so what I usually do is I look at the sign and I make sure where I park, where the, the name is, if I'm at the front door, the side door, or that door, or I park close to the baskets, you know, the, 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 where they deposit them. And so I know when I come out, I'm going, I got it. I know where I'm at. And so we try to do that. We have keywords. When I don't know about you, when you meet with people, I'll usually say, okay, here's Justin. Justin has this beautiful hair going down. I love his ears. And so I remember, I remember his beautiful ears. And usually if, when I look at his ears, I remember his name. And so, so there's things that we do to cause us to remember. And, but I think also, too, that we are very forgetful by nature. This forgetting is not only true of parking and forgetting the names of others, but it is true in life and true of our pursuit of Christ. When life happens, we forget who God is and who we are in relationship to him. We forget the cross. We forget everything that was gained to us through Jesus. We forget where we come from and who is over us. And we are more defined by our circumstances than we are by the truth that has been announced to us. There is nothing more important than the Christian, than to, than the Christian to refer to the Bible when we are going through life. And the biggest idea of going through the Bible is the word and the message of the gospel, that whole gospel message. Now, we know that it is good news, and it is factual and historical, recounting real events that really happen in real places with real people. 
We know that. We know it's factual and historical. But this good news is also relational. And I think this is where we actually miss out in walking in a place of power and enablement. It is relational. It's a crucial component of this pursuit of growing close to God. Remember, we're talking about the journey. We have four pursuits this year. The the first one is growing close to God. The second one is understanding the work of Christ in this world. The third one is becoming like Christ. And the fourth one is living like Christ. All of our sermons all of our teaching this year will be about those four pursuits. I know that when we are living out life and things happen, is we don't relate to the truth. We are more defined by our circumstances, by our emotions, and by our past experience than by truth. So when we look at the word relational, this is what it means, is the way in which two or more people or things are connected. So we need to ask yourself, in this situation, how am I connected to Jesus? What's the truth that could help me in this particular circumstances? Now, it was once said to us, and we've heard it many times by different authors, what we believe impacts how we behave and live out life. What we believe impacts how we behave and live out life. And many people say, oh, no, I really trust God. But when we look at the evidence of their lives, you kind of see that there's a discrepancy. There's a gap that is missing. And I think sometimes it's just that. We know the gospel message as fact, an event, but there's really no relevance for where we connect it and relate to it in our daily life. The heart behind being unshakable is based on, a, on this belief. It is vitally important that we understand who God is, who we are, and what God has done for us in Christ as foundation for how we live this journey together. For every Christian, there is a time when you and I were spiritually blind, unable to see the best and most important truths in the whole world. Then Christ saved you and I. And now you and I have the pleasure of sight. We get to see and discern. You see yourself as a sinner and you see Christ as your Savior. And now you know that the gospel, the news, the good news has brought a lot of changes in everything in your life. All of us have experienced something relational with the gospel news. Some of us, we were once very angry and bitter. God's news, good news came to you. You actually not only saw it as fact, but you saw it as a, you know, you connected to it. And because you connected to it, you actually, it brought about transformation. That's what the word of God does. It brings transformation. The gospel is the good news and it's your good news. So why is it that it was only at, sometimes it's only at the moment of salvation that we experience the, 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 the reality of the power of the cross? Why is it that when we go through so many things that we go through it without the strength of Christ, we go through it without the wisdom of God, we go through it without the uh, power that God wants to give us in the grace? Now, as I said before, um, We need to ask ourselves, what is the gospel? Now, the gospel essentially is the message of Christianity, a message from God to man, a radical truth that God loved us and that he sent his son to redeem us and justify us. At its very core, the gospel is about what it takes to be right with God. 
And this is what the scripture says. Romans 1.16 says, it is the power of God for salvation of, uh, of everyone who believes. The gospel is the power of God for salvation for all those who believe. Then he goes on in verse 17. He says, for in the gospel, a righteousness from God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith. It is by faith. So if I know that I am right with God, would that change the way that I do life? Would it change the way I see things? Well, I think both of us, we would say, all of us, we would say to each other, yes, it should. So the message of the gospel is very clearly seen throughout the whole Bible. One in specific is 1 Corinthians 15, 1 to 4. And this is what he says. God sent his son Jesus into the world in the power of the Holy Spirit in order to live a perfect life. He died a a substitutionary death. That means he died in my place. And he rose victoriously from the grave that we might be made alive. Now, all of those facts, what did they do for you during your day? What, how does it play out? How can you personalize it as you walk out the stressors of your life? Now, we know that the gospel is good news. It's where hope resides, it's where joy resides, it's where we are made right with God. That means we are able to go to God 24-7 and never, ever be a- afraid of drawing near to him because Jesus did it all. It is offered to everyone so that we, that all who believe this message can be saved from their sins. There is only one gospel one real and saving gospel, and we can speak about it in two ways. We can look at it and speak about it in two ways. The gospel is objective and universal fact that is true for all people throughout all time. No matter what we've gone through in the last 2,000 years, the gospel message of what God was doing in the world to prepare the world for his son, and then now that his son has come and done what God had asked him to do so that he can reclaim humanity, bring us right back to him, restore what happened in Genesis, and brought back to us a born-again experience where we can actually commune and talk and have our being with God. But it's amazing because we know it's objective, we know it's universal, but we have to know that the gospel is also something every Christian should experience in a unique and personal way as they do their life. In a sense, the gospel is both an announcement, so we were announced what God did through his son, but it's also an experience. So When we came, when I came face to face with God's love, something transpired in me. Who I was the day before was no longer who I was that day. There's something powerful about the message of the cross and the power of the cross. And yet we know that we need to relate to that truth in order to see transformation happen in our life. This month's theme is unshakable gospel. And Romans 13, 10, 13 is the verse. So everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Romans 10, 9 says that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. As you believe the gospel, you come to understand that Christ has been pursuing you all along. He had been pursuing you to the point of salvation, and now he's pursuing you in your journey of faith. 
And faith means a reliance on the work of what Jesus did on the cross and the resurrection, why he conquered death, how that affects us today, why that he conquered the power of sin and dominion of sin, and how does that come and play in our life today? Because when we don't know these fundamental truths, when we only know them as facts and we don't bring them into our lives, let me tell you there are things that do happen. Growing close to Christ requires that we not only have the facts, but that we relate to the truths of the gospel personally. Remember what relational means. It means something that you're connected to. Another way is that you can see this is how do you interact with the truth of the gospel in your everyday life? Do you ever consider what God is telling you when you're fearful? Have you ever considered when you're stressed out and overwhelmed what God has already spoken to you, what he's announced through the gospel, what he's proclaimed over your life? Have you ever considered everything that is done for you through the cross? Many of us, we go through all of our lives struggles without even relating or connecting to any of those truths. And so if it is just knowledge and facts amassed over time, what what happens is that we become actually powerless as we walk out our life, as we walk out the stressors. So I wrote down here, so how do we interact with the truth of the gospel in our everyday life? If it's just knowledge that we have, if we have not connected with it in an intimate way, then when life happens, we get defined by our circumstances. If it's just knowledge to you, it's just an event, it's just facts, what happens is that When life happens, it becomes just information for you. Your circumstances is what dictates and brings the end. But if it comes, and when you're going through what you're going through, and the message starts coming in and you say, God, you know, you told me that you would keep me. And when you start saying, God, if you're for me, it's okay if this person doesn't like me. God, you told me that you will provide me because you never let the the righteous forsaken. You say that whenever I build on you, that I won't ever build in vain. And so you start bringing truth and you start remembering that God says you're more than a conqueror. You're more than just an ordinary child. You are my girl and I've called you by name. I've chosen you and qualified you. Why are you moved by your circumstances? And so when we decide, and in our stressors and anxiety, we choose truth over our environment, over the words that are spoken, what happens is that we start being transformed in the very situation that we're living out. We start responding and reacting differently. And this picture actually describes it here, is that the gospel is attached to the me and that Jesus is attached. There's a relational connection between me and Jesus every moment of the day. But most of the time, the only thing that actually comes out is me. Me. My pain. My stress. My fear. My need. And we wonder why we keep on going, always repeating the same thing over and over and over again. 
If we only see the gospel and all its truth as facts, just information that we've acquired and we don't relate to it, we run the danger of forgetting to trust and obey it. We run the danger of becoming skeptics of the very truth that sets us free. John 8, 32 says, if you, 31 says, if you, if you are uh, embracing my truth, that means connecting and relating, that means trusting, relying on it, you are knowing that this is what's going to keep you going this day. And then it says, that truth will set you free. It is amazing we can't make that connection, do we? It's like we just go and we just become mindless, and then we just do it in our own strength. We do it in our own wisdom, in our own capabilities, in our own self-sufficiencies. And then we wonder why our families are broken, our marriages are in chaos, because God gets pulled out because we only know the facts. And we forgot to understand that we're all together. The gospel, me and Jesus, when I walk, he walks. Where I go, he goes. He has my, 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 he goes before me, he's right beside me, and he has, he has my rear guard. But we live like we don't have any of that. We live consumed with, by our circumstances. Now, it says in James 1, and this is where you're going to see the connection here. Do not merely listen to the words. And so deceive yourself. Do what it says. James 1.23 says, Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like a man who looks at the face in the mirror and leaves and forgets what he saw. Isn't that what we do? We actually leave the connecting and the relating. And I think the baseline problem is that we don't trust it. We don't trust it and we don't rely on those facts that are factual and historical. We, don't, we, we see it as an announcement, good news, hope, but we live in a pattern of hopelessness and helplessness on a regular basis because we have never really connected. Because the connecting comes, when it comes, that means that you are going to relate to it, you're going to rely on it, you're going to trust it, and when that happens, you are going to call, you're going to obey the call to turn right and to turn left. The commentary says here, there is no virtue in possessing the Bible or even in reading it uh, as literature. There must be a deep desire to hear God speaking to us and an unquestionable willingness to do whatever it says. I think that's why we don't relate to the Bible, because if we relate and connect to it, we choose truth over the lies and over our circumstances. We are afraid that God won't be faithful. We are afraid that he won't do what he, says he, he said he was going to do. Let's just get, just let's be honest because if we're not honest with that basic understanding, then we will continue to come year after year amassing a whole bunch of knowledge, but never experiencing the power of that knowledge. When we don't relate or connect, when we don't rely, trust, and obey what we know is true over us, that means if I start feeling down on myself because of my failures and mistakes, and I have quite a few, when I make it about that instead of about what God has saying about who I am, we sang it. You know, in my father's house, there's a place for me. I'm a child of God. I know who I am. 
There's another song I've been singing since this morning, and we don't sing it here. And I don't even know where I heard it. I know who I am. I know who I am. But you know, I am yours. This is what he says. God says, you're mine, Mona. You're mine. How would that affect me as I live out my stressors? How would that change how I respond to bills that are coming in? How would that change if someone came and accused me and betrayed me of something? I'm here to tell you that the truth does set you free. You see, when we're not relying and trusting in the Word of God, then we're relying and trusting in something else. And that leaves us with empty sets of rules to compensate. It leaves us with the requirements and judgment we try to measure up to every day. It leaves us, it leaves behind the intimacy, the grace, and the power to live spiritually victorious lives. This is what we do when we don't relate or connect to the truth. As a result, believer, uh, believer after believer find themselves in perpetual defeat, never measuring up, never fully overcoming their struggles, and never rising above their circumstances. Does that sound familiar? They are unable to fulfill their daily assignments, never seeing the significance of why they're going through what they're going through. Why? Because they are trying to live the Christian life without connecting to truth, without connecting to the whole message of the gospel, operating without the power and the deliverance of the gospel message. For most of us, the problem isn't a lack of knowledge. A lot of us, we can quote scriptures. <laughs> a lot of us can remember where a verse is. It's not about knowledge. It's not even about skill. Now, we do it about that because we, we live insecurely at times. Sometimes we think it's a lack of motivation. No, I think we are forgetful hearers. We are forgetful hearers. We don't trust or rely on the wonderful gospel truths. Paul understood this. He understood this, and he said in Philippians 3.10, I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering. The word know is gnosko, and it means to know Christ and his true character by trusting him and experiencing the transforming effects of such knowledge. See, when we know and we bring it to believing and then we trust it and we rely on it to help us walk what happens it affects our soul to know him means to gain practical day-by-day -day acquaintance with him in such an intimate way that you are changed and transformed let me ask you last time you were going through a circumstances or a situation have you did you find yourself coming out of it changed and transformed for the good i i don't want to hear changed and transformed for the bad <laughs> Because ultimately, our hope of the gospel is that I can actually choose today to relate to truth and believe it and keep on relying on it until God brings me to that place where I'm totally transformed in the way that I used to do it. So if I responded, when people hurt me, I used to respond with a gr I used to hold a grudge. I used to hold on to offenses. I used to put up walls and withhold my love. Those were my natural responses to pain. When people would hurt me, that's what I would do. Until God and his truth and the word, of his, the, the word that is said in, in, in the scriptures, that through the cross, I have been forgiven. And as much as I've been forgiven, he wants me to forgive as well. And so I started relating to that truth, understanding that God was calling me to do the same thing that Jesus did to me. 
And little by little, it started transforming the way that I was responding to people who hurt me. I started reacting differently and I started giving forgiveness, walking in grace and loving the unlovable because I connected to the truth. I didn't connect to the circumstance because if I did, I can tell you I would have gone to all of my defaults. I brought truth to that situation. Now, we need to evaluate if you're connecting, how you evaluate if you're connecting and relating to, is that when we know and believe and rely on truth, it affects how we make decisions, how we respond to life's burdens and sufferings, and how we seek his direction. Many of us, we make directions, we take directions, make decisions without even seeking him. What do you think you're doing? It's actually, you're trusting something else instead of the wisdom of God instead of what he said for you, the purpose and the plans for you. And every time it runs amok. And God is just trying to get our attention. If we see the gospel as just facts and we don't rely on it to change our perspective and change how we make decisions, then we lose something very important. It is the grace factor, the empowerment. Your pursuit of Christ begins with the gospel, but it also continues with the gospel. It's just not that one-time thing that happened when you said yes to Jesus as Lord and Savior. He continues along with you. Watchman Nee says this, our Christian life begins with the discovery of what God has provided. From this point onward, Christian experience proceeds as it began. Not on the basis of our own work, but always on that of the finished work of another. And he's talking about Jesus. Understanding these things makes a difference in how we live out day in and day out. We must not forget. So let me remind you today what the gospel has done for you. What it has announced so that you can actually bring it as an experience as you walk out life. The gospel is about a position that has been purchased for us. This position has nothing to do with what we have accomplished or earned. Praise God, because it doesn't matter about how I do it or not do it today. That position is mine no matter what. It is based solely on the merit of Jesus. The, the Christian is accepted now and forever in the beloved. If I know that I'm accepted in God, I won't question his love. I won't question his blessing. I won't question his ability to, to talk to me. When I know that he loves me and that I am beloved by him, I will not question his faithfulness upon me. But yet we do have some things that do happen. We are declared righteous. Jesus' sacrificial giving of his life allows me and you to draw near to God any moment of the day. I've started asking myself as I was doing this that even in the day and night, when, you know, there are so many things. Remember I talked about distractions when I first started this message? The distractions keeps me from drawing near. It keeps me busy doing all of these things and not connecting to what I need to connect to today. So I need to pull away. I need to wait. I need to seek. And even that is hard to do when life in itself is just buzzing along. Are you hearing me? Am I the only one that there's a buzz? There is so many coming, so many things coming at us. And so we need to not forget. 
If we have physical problems, I mean things that we need to find an answer to, we can find our answers because we have all the spiritual solutions in the heavenlies. Because I'm his child, I can go to God and say, God, I need your wisdom. Can you give me a word of knowledge for my husband? God, I'm having an issue with my child. And see, if I'm not connecting to him, then I'm connecting to something else. So not only are we declared righteous, made right by God, we are given access, we are called children of God, we are new creations, we are adopted. Romans 8.15 says this, For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. Why do we fall back into fear when he says here that you have received the spirit of adoption as sons and daughters by whom we cry out, Abba, Father? But many of us don't believe that he loves us that much. I am totally accepted by God today through Christ. He declares me forever justified. He completely covers my past. So when my past comes to draw from me, I say, stop it right there. I've already dealt with you. I already called you out. I've surrendered. I am not going to let this behavior or attitude come and deal with this situation. I can because I was given access. I can because I am his child. And when I know that I am sanctified, even when the, the enemy comes and he says, did you see what you did? Did you check out your attitude? I went, I sure did. But my father sees me through the blood of Christ. And when I do wrong, he is interceding for me day in and day out. And if I'm honest enough and I confess it, I know that he comes into play every time. No matter what I'm going through, he has sanctified me. He's made me perfect. He's forgiven me and I am complete. Colossians 2 says, I've been given the full fullness in Christ, but we walk like we have just a little. The fullness in Christ is all that God gave his son, he gave to me. How would that change the way I walk today? How would that change if I hear the most horrible news tomorrow? Will I have my moment? You bet, because I'm human just like you. But if my moment becomes a pattern and a habit, then I need to tell you that I've come to something else. To rely on. The challenge is to walk through life is based, it, we should walk through life based on our position, not based on our circumstances. When we bring these truths to bear against our trials, it is not our trials and the lies of the enemy that should control us, but often, beloved, they do. It is who God is and who I am and what Christ did for me. We are forever united and joined to Christ. His history is our history. We are his gifts, his bride, his inheritance, his possessions. And when we start connecting the dots, beloved, then we look at life through those connections. We're saying when we are attacked by the enemy that we will never measure up and we will never do right and we will never make it, we have to start connecting the dot. What is the gospel telling us? It's telling us because of what Jesus did, now I am his gift. I am his bride. And when I go through all of that, I know 
that I'm not alone because every believer has the Holy Spirit, not only as a means to live out our Christian life, but it's also to a guarantee that when he comes back, I'll be part of it. So why are we so defined by our circumstances? Why is it when faced with God or me, we, call, we choose me? Why is it that when we are faced with circumstances, we let the feeling and the emotions draw us and define and dictate how we decide? What if we moved back and we said, God, let me see this through the backdrop of the cross. Let me take that time. I'm not going to haste. I'm not going to be hasty in making my decision. God, I, I, I'm hurting so bad right now. Fear is so all-consuming. I have anxiety. I have stress. I can't seem to see beyond my pain. God, how can I relate to what I'm going through in this? I need you to think about it. When we were sinners and enemies of God, he fully justified us from every charge because we had faith in his precious son. When I was a sinner and an enemy from God, that day I had faith on what Jesus did on the cross, the gospel. He was not only just born, he was not only just dead, he was not only just alive, he came and he sat at the, at the right hand of the Father where all power and authority is in his hand and I am his child. So just think about it. How much more now as his treasured possession will believers find themselves the object of his care? How much more now, beloved, that the object of his love is me every day? It's you every day. But it is amazing because we totally forget to connect to that truth. Not only am I the object of his love, I am the object of his grace, his power, his faithfulness, his peace, his encouragement, his intercession. When life shows up and challenges me to give up or to get discouraged or to make it about what I'm going through, I must remember my position. I must remember the truth of the gospel. We need to remember that all the facts of the gospel are factual, but they're also relatable. That means you can relate to it and go and find your answers. We must remember the truth that can change us in our circumstances. We were never told that we never would suffer. As a matter of fact, we were warned that we would. But he said, remember the me gospel in Jesus? It's so tightly intertwined that everything I do, I should see it through the eyes of that truth. Isaiah 49 says, I have engraved you in the palm of my hand. And it was a wonderful message that I was sent to me just a few days ago by Lois Evans, who just died a few weeks ago. And she says, when life shows up, because it will, we must act on his word. When life shows up, because it will, we must act on his word. We know that scripture tells us, be still and know that I am God. When was the last time that in your situation you were still enough to really get God's heart and what was going on? What does it take to get you to trust God? What does God have to bring in play? Sometimes he has to bring big mountains. Sometimes he has to bring me into a desert. 
Sometimes he removes a whole lot of things. Because, beloved, I have to tell you, I connect to a whole lot of things sometimes. And God has to get my attention. Amen? Is he trying to get your attention? He knows who you are. And if he calls you to obey, it's because he's about to walk you out of something. Do you walk through life based on your position or based on your circumstances? Those who live their life based on their position don't let their circumstances define or dictate who they are. They know who they belong to. They know the great I am. The gospel is not only an announcement for them, it is all. It is also an experience for them. Sometimes we forget to trust and believe and that we are his object of love and grace, of power, of encouragement. And we walk out life without any of those things. There is a time that our knowledge has to go to a place of belief, which is a reliance and a trust, where it's going to follow, be followed up by an action. If you're forever struggling over the same things, I can probably tell you that at one point or another, you will be given an opportunity to connect to the truth, and you decided on the lie. Every time. God has not forgotten you. All of those things that I just told you, what I have, what you have in your position, in your, in your position of, of uh, in standing with God, those things don't change. But what would it be like if you and I, instead of just having knowledge, it becomes gnosko. That means that I experience in a practical way in my situations, in my fears, in my circumstances, in my anxieties, I start experiencing the truth. And instead of walking my fears out, I start walking out who I am in Christ, who God is for me. What Jesus did for me is a solid. And if we want to walk out of our fears today, we have to first evaluate how we've been doing life. Is it circumstances that dictate how you're actually going to decide what you're going to do today? Or is it the truth of how much God loves you and what God has obtained for you through his son? There is a difference, beloved. As we ask the worship team to come up and sing, Healing is Here, I'm just going to ask you just one clear thing today. Have you forgotten? Have you forgotten what Jesus has done? Is it just a distant echo to you when you're faced with trials? Are you having a hard time bringing in truth to the circumstances that you're living right now? If this speaks of you right now, if you've lost your joy, your passion, and your peace, if you're dry and numb and indifferent, trust me when I tell you, you just know it because it's just factual to you. But God wants it to be an experience. He wants you to relate and connect with it in a way that it will empower you, transform you, and change you. I want to be a testimony of a woman who leaves a legacy 
But that will never happen if I just keep it as facts. It'll only happen if I live it out. That means I choose truth over my fears, over the circumstances. And I let God be God in me as I walk it out. Amen?